0: On this episode, we talk about the David Montgomery incoming breakout game. We discuss whether Juju sucks or what is going on there and how Andy Dalton is going to do for the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And obviously, we try to win a million dollars for the second week in a row on FanDuel. And most importantly, we see if Deacon can name a single Drake song, even
1: one, just one Drake song. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... or its affiliates
0: welcome to the ringer fantasy football show i'm danny heifetz here with danny kelly and craig Koralbeck. dk are there sirens going off in seattle is everything all right (laughs)
2: Call of Duty is going on outside DK's house. Right before we started recording, like there's this five, ten straight minutes of sirens, like air raid sirens happening. I'm not really sure what that was all about, but they stopped just in time, just in time for us to record this podcast. So
0: feels good. good. What else does 2020 need if not like hiding in um, bomb shelters? <laughs> so if, if DK disappears halfway through this pod, it's because they came and <laughs> took him away. You could do the pod from, from a shelter. Like you could go deep underground. Like we could still get it done.
2: Totally. That's true. totally. You just need Wi-Fi. It's like my mother's basement. I mean, it's basically the same thing.
0: Yeah. Meatloaf! I've seen that scene from Wedding Crashers. All right. Do you guys want a fun fact? Yeah. Okay. We actually got a submission. <laughs> my brother emailed us. Oh! <laughs> my
2: oldest. Does he brother. listen to the pod?
0: I, I guess, because he got the email address. <laughs> I didn't know he listened, but thanks, Michael. He writes, Danny, Danny, and Craig. I have to note he's only called me Daniel my entire life, so he's writing Danny. It's just absolutely nuts. Danny, Danny, and Craig, thanks for the winning advice. As you can see from the attached picture, it's helped solidify my spot as the de facto fantasy expert in the Heifetz household. And he attached a photo of him beating me in our league. <laughs> <laughs> His team name is Arby's We Have the Meats. And he had me that week. And then he said, although it's not a fun fact in honor of Fire Prevention Month, I'd like to share the following. It's from the New York Times. 30 years ago, you had roughly 17 minutes to get out of your home during a fire. Today, that's 17 minutes. is down to three or four. And my brother, who is a firefighter, asked, please check the batteries in your smoke alarms. Working smoke and carbon monoxide detectors save lives.
2: Wow. (laughs) A a very real uh, fun fact. It's 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 not so fun,
0: but he did beat me. So I feel like I had to read advice.
2: Yeah. That's a very solid PSA. That's a very solid PSA. I've become much more aware of the fire, uh, like the smoke alarms and everything in my house since I had a kid. I'm like so nervous about everything now. You know, you just kind of like your mindset changes on life, but... If there's a fire and you can take one player from your guys' fantasy
0: football teams, who are you take?
3: Le'Veon, <laughs> you have three minutes to make a decision.
0: I am. <laughs> I imagine the sirens going off in the city don't help either with that, DK.
2: Yeah, right. What, that was a weird little contrast. Um, I'm taking Aaron Jones. Of course, you are. I'm taking uh, Devonte Adams. Ooh, Packers. high Who
3: are you taking?
0: Saquon, because he needs help because he has on crutches.
3: That's so I'm helping d- him what are you out.
0: talking about? He, he <laughs> needs help out of the building. This year. Oh, it's like <laughs> metaphor <laughs> that they don't actually need help out of the burning building.
2: Craig, let's be honest. Your question doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's I think, a joke. I thought you were like, these are
0: all professional athletes. They don't need help. Saquon has one uh. leg. Like, he needs my help right now. That's <laughs> how I interpreted the this question. This is awful. You it's guys, you know what you're not, supposed
3: to do? Be like, ha ha, I, I would take so-and-so from the fire. And then we move on. Uh,
0: okay. But I, I, I misinterpreted. Not. Alvin Kamara is
3: fun to have on your team. Both of you remind me of my mother because I enjoy would you rather questions. And I'll always be like, mom. Would you rather, you know, like (laughs) have to eat a handful of dirt every morning for the rest of your life or lick a subway handrail every day? And she and she just goes, neither. I'm like, well, the game works. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the third option is you die. (laughs) It's those two options or you die. And she goes, I don't like this game. Wait, what's your answer? Would you rather do dirt or subway handle? Well, in the covid world, I'm doing the dirt. I'll figure it out. I'll blend it in a smoothie. Every day for the rest of your life? I'd do the you're one. You're going to lick a subway handrail? Do you know the diseases Just one time. that
0: you will contract? Well, sneakily, the easy answer to that's dirt because that means you have to live near a city in a subway every day and it's like, well, you don't have any options. Like what if I don't want to live in Also, my city the
3: idea was that you had to lick the
2: subway handrail every day as well. Oh, okay. Then dirt for sure. Dirt for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a Little chocolate, dirt.
3: little peanut butter in a smoothie, you're good. Dirt the dirt's not bad. It's okay. You can you can eat dirt. No. It's fine. That All probably right. will help your immune system.
0: Let's well, speaking yeah. of immune systems, let's get into some real, real actual news here. Falc uh the Falcons have had positive tests. We have no idea how many. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh Adam Schefter has reported that one Falcons employee has had a positive test confirmed. It's a personnel employee, it's not a player. But he also reported earlier on Thursday that there were multiple positive tests. And I'm going to read verbatim from the ESPN story on this because it's confusing. Sources told Schefter earlier Thursday that the Falcons had multiple positive tests for the coronavirus. One source told Schefter that there were four positive tests, but a Falcons official said the team is, quote, not at four confirmed, end quote. The official also told Schefter the Falcons are, quote, still working through the details. So and then so also don't, I don't how, think
2: they probably don't know yet.
0: They don't know yet. Well, here's what we yeah. do know. Uh, a month ago, AJ Terrell, cornerback for the Falcons, their first-round pick, was the first player in the NFL to test positive during the regular season. That was a while ago. And then they this week, on Tuesday, Marlon Davidson, who's a, a rookie defensive lineman, was added to the COVID-19 list. That was Tuesday. So this episode's coming on Friday, so there's probably already been new information on this. It's hard to add clarity in this situation when we know so little, but I, mostly, and then also there's Odell Beckham was sent home from practice from the Browns on Friday or Thursday, feeling ill. His test is expected back tomorrow. We have no idea the deal there. This is just annoying at this point. Obviously, caveat's like, obviously we're, the number one priority is people's health and safety and there are real issues. Uh yeah. Hopefully everyone's all right. But it, it it's interesting that there's this is a whole new part of the fantasy week. It's not just games happen make pickups and drops and then you set your lineups anymore. Now it's like there was a whole part of the fantasy ritual that Friday you have to be like, okay, which games are being played and which are not and you have to figure out what which of those guys on your team might be. You have to set backups and arguments in your group chats. Like This is kind of just disrupted every week of the season for the last month, isn't it?
2: It also makes the injuries thing more difficult to navigate because if you have games being moved back to Monday night, Tuesday last week and then you have you know, you don't know whether Devontae Adams is going to play or whoever, you know. And so, yeah, it just complicates everything. I think the the same thing that we said last week kind of at this time. If you have a player either on the Falcons or who are they playing this week again? Vikings. The Falcons or the Vikings. If you have a player going with one of those guys, you know, Thielen, just put them in your flex spot right now. Plan to have them in the flex spot. Plan to have other guys starting in your main starting positions. You have to be able to adapt on the fly if these things if this game gets pushed back or potentially even postponed till next week or later in the season. So um again, yeah, just be be ready to have backup options at the go at like at the ready. Yeah. If you're a
3: West Coast guy, wake up before ten AM. You just gotta do it. <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> just get up at nine fifteen and look at your phone and then it'll you'll it'll be
0: worth it. That's a good point. I feel like there's never been a bigger difference between East Coast Fantasy Leagues and West Coast Fantasy Leagues.
3: Yeah, because so many times, I'm sure guys go out, have a few drinks, wake up on sun- on Sunday at 11.30, and they're like, oh, shit, Derek Henry's not playing in the-. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're screwed.
0: It's so true. Okay, let's get into, well, speaking of issues with your gut, well, no, that was a stretch because <laughs> of drinking, but uh, let's just get into gut calls, bold predictions. Recap of last week, so, you, I mean, your guys' gut calls from Friday, basically you could completely overlapped. You just picked the same
3: three,
2: didn't same you? Same three. We each had the same three.
0: Yeah,
3: Slightly different statistical outcomes we predicted, but the same three people were involved. How did those do?
2: I think they all hit. They did pretty well. So I, I had Deshaun Watson as a top four quarterback as one of my gut calls. It was wrong, but close. He was the QB six. He scored 26 points, so easily his best game of the year and his top weekly finish. So I think... You know, in the spirit of the of the gut feeling, I think it was right. Technically, it was wrong. Um, and then I'll just go ahead and read Craig's other two because th- these were the ones that we both kind of came up with. Marquise Brown, best game of the season yet, over 12.7 points. He definitely did that. 16.8, half PBR. Uh, his season high in points. So that was a good, that was a ding. That was a good hit on that one. And then the other one, Darius Slayton, 80 yards was a touchdown. Technically, it was wrong. Again, kind of right in spirit. He had eight catches, 129 yards. Big game. Didn't, did not score a touchdown. So can't give Craig full credit on that one. But, but he had like more points than 80 yards in a touchdown. So, you know. Yeah, 16.9 points. So yeah, uh, Marquise Brown, Darius Slayton, and Deshaun Watson all had big games. So I guess good job for us having the same ideas. And all three of them were pretty solid guesses. Yeah,
0: thank God. Because I was kind of wrong. So thanks (laughs) Yeah, hyphens go
2: into yours, please. (laughs) Thanks for carrying the load
0: this week. I was, I was off. I basically did two around the Eagles Steelers game and I don't think I was particularly brave. I said, the Steelers have a great defense. Eagles are all hurt. So that's going to be bad. So I was like, the Steelers defense will be top four. And then Miles Sanders won't be top 20 running back. And that didn't happen. (laughs) Miles Sanders Sanders? had a great game.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he looked good. He was the RB4, in fact. Yeah.
0: Which is like, I, you know, that's only 16 away from outbeating outside the top 20s. So <laughs> True. Like, I mean, how wrong was I, really? And then Pittsburgh was top eight. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. I actually think it's kind of interesting, though, because do you think that the Steelers defense... And Craig, you're a Steelers fan. Like, what do you think of the Steelers defense coming into the season? We're like, oh, this is going to be an amazing defense. It still is really good, but they just didn't play well against the Eagles. And Carson Wentz played better. He also didn't play amazing. Like, do you think this is more the Eagles offense getting slowly and surely a little bit more on track, the Steelers' defense being not quite... Like, it's great, but it's not elite. Or both?
3: I think it's maybe a little bit of both, but I think the Steelers' defense is great, but not elite. And the Steelers have trouble against certain teams sometimes. I mean, like, we know their history against, like, the Patriots. They get killed no matter what. But I think the Steelers are one of those good teams that will play up or down to their opponent. And this was an example of that this week. That's
0: always been them, hasn't it? Uh, Yeah. DK, you, you wrote a great... Uh, story this week in your power rankings for the ring. You said there's no great teams in the NFL this this year. Do you want to elaborate mm-hmm. on that? Because I thought that was a really important point.
2: So yeah, I mean, basically the numbers support this. I think just the eye test support it. There, there are no truly dominant teams in the NFL. You know, typically in a, in, a, in a typical season, you have teams really starting to separate themselves from the pack. Um, this year, you know, through five games, there's only one team above 34, uh, above 30 percent in DVOA, which it, DVOA is an efficiency metric that measures the overall quality of a team. I think it's it's predictive and, and, and a very accurate stat. Um, at this time of the year, it, it's rare for that to be the case, that there's only one team over that benchmark. And so um, what that tells me and what I think what we can take from that is there's a lot of good teams. There's there's definitely a top tier of teams that we can expect are going to be really competitive, but there's no team that's just like blowing everybody out of the water. Like Baltimore, their offense hasn't been as good or as explosive as we thought. The Buccaneers are, you know, good defense, but their offense is kind of hit and miss. Like Seattle, their offense is awesome. Same with Green Bay. Their offense is awesome. Both those teams' defenses are not very good. So um, I think that is, you know, just kind of like the overarching storyline of the season to me so far is that there's no elite team. There's no dominant teams there's a lot of good teams but no dominant teams
0: and that was one of the big questions coming to the season was okay they didn't really have off season activities practices were limited training camp was weird there's all these odd things as a result of the pandemic and limited practice time does that mean that there will be a few dominant teams a few awful teams in a big middle but like you know the rich will get richer etc or did it mean more parity and i actually thought that it would be like the four teams that were really good would used to be so much better than everyone else. Same here. And it's yeah. not like that at all. It's actually really is, there seems to be more parity. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that right around when Justin Herbert came in and he looks great now. But when Herbert came in with like five minutes notice and held the Chiefs in week, what was that week yeah. two or three? I remember thinking, yeah. wow, like maybe I was wrong about the Rich Getting Richard thing. And yeah. that really seems to be the case, at least so far. I mean, I think it's important to remember like, in the same way the NBA season kind of starts on Christmas, really. I mean, who, well, now who knows when the NBA season starts? But traditionally, it was like, okay, the first two months or whatever. Now we'll really start paying attention from Christmas forward. Football's kind of like that right around mid October, Halloween or so. It's like, this is really the beginning of football season and like what's going to be going forward, especially this year where the September was kind of like a weird mix of preseason and like Alabama scheduling, Alabama AM. But <laughs> so that's just something to note going forward. I think that the parody is really interesting. But all right, should we get into
2: gut bolds for week six? Gut gut bold. Do we want to address the rest of the ones Like we didn't get all these la the, the well,
3: so DK and I had to like come up with bolds on the spot because we oh had yeah, how did those two? <laughs> so uh, mine was that Antonio Gibson would outscore the Rams running backs. Did not happen. Daryl Henderson had <laughs> two touchdowns. Gibson did not. But I thought of it in twenty seconds, so give me a break. Still stand by Antonio Gibson <laughs> over all those guys.
2: Yeah, I'm going to use the same excuse. Brandon Ayuk, uh, 15 fantasy points. That did not happen. That was my that was my prediction. That did not happen. He had 5.9 and a half PPR. My God, the QB play in that game was atrocious. Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible. I don't think I like that was one of the worst like quarterbacking performances I've seen. He has I feel the excuse. Bad for Niners fans, do you man. think he sucks yeah. or was the ankle sprain? I mean, I think he has the excuse. He has the excuse that he he couldn't plant off of his his ankle, and, and that I've heard that's important. Affects your accuracy. Um, but they shouldn't have had him in. They should have had him playing. And then, you know, they dug themselves such a deep hole, they just couldn't get out of it. Their offense looked terrible. Uh, My other bold prediction, which you guys basically talked me into. (laughs) I made you do this. I'm not taking full, yeah, I'm not taking full blame for this one. Uh, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, to outscore Calvin Ridley, that was very wrong. He only had one catch, so let's just move on from that one. Flush it. Not going to worry about that ever again. Heifetz, what was your bold prediction?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I also did this on the spot. I was like, oh, yeah, Bengals will beat the Ravens. Screw it. Which didn't work. Did not happen.
2: Vaughn into the windup in his
0: first offering. <laughs> just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. So, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Joey covers. Did not cover. Did not cover. It was Joey <laughs> exposed. That's what really would what happen. Oh, no. I will say that all the credit for the Steelers defense, the Ravens defense looks pretty. Did you, this Ravens had five sacks just from the defensive backs. Most since that sacks became a stat in 1982. Listen,
3: I think the three of us could line up against the Bengals and sack Joe Burrow. No, but almost. (laughs)
0: That would be hilarious, actually, to watch that. That's like, would you rather fight like one, like a hundred horse-sized ducks (laughs) or like one duck-sized horse? Or no, it's the other way around. But either way, how many of us would it take to sack Joe Burrow? That's interesting. Do you think if it was two Bengals
3: offensive linemen versus us three, one of us could get to Joe Burrow or no?
0: No. Mm. Because that implies that we, one of us could chase him down. That's obviously not the case. Yeah, he's pretty fast. There's no <laughs> chance that even two, three of us need to be unblocked to get him. Because two of
2: us are not wrangling
0: Joe Burrow. It would take. I three. think
2: I'm uh, I'm at the point in my life where I'm done overestimating my athletic ability. I can't. Oh, I'm it. not. I'm fully <laughs> entrenched. in
1: <my> <laughs> I will say yeah, I it's there, like there's
2: a turning point at some uh, at some point in your
1: life, Craig. It's probably going to come after the, you turn 30, maybe 35. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
0: So let's get in a gut-gut-bold for this week. DK, what's a gut call for this week?
2: All right, so this is piggybacking a little bit off of Craig's uh, analysis from the last pod, but David Montgomery, big game versus Carolina. Carolina has been the worst team in the NFL against opposing running backs in terms of fantasy points. They've given up... The most fantasy points to opposing teams' running backs, the league worst forty-three receptions to opposing running backs, which I think is the big number to pay attention to this week because Montgomery has had eight catches and six catches in the last two weeks, or I should say eight targets and eight six targets in the last two weeks. He's, he's a big part of the passing game. I think that's going to help him kind of potentially explode. I'm I'm putting it at twenty points in half PPR. That's gonna that would be his best game this season. And the other thing to keep in mind here is the. Panthers also just lost K1 Short, you know, an integral part of their defensive line. Or I, I should say he's he's out for the year officially now, so he's not coming back. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we can expect more of the same, I'm guessing, from Carolina's defensive line, their, their overall defense. And they're just banged up. They just weren't super deep to begin with. I think David Montgomery has a chance to really go off, both on the ground and through the air. Craig, you're the Montgomery guy. Do, do, do you like this?
3: I love it. I think this is great. And, like, w- one thing about Montgomery is that Last week, he played the most snaps of any running back. He's just, like, if you want to do, like, the volume is king thing where it's, like, you just want a guy who's on the field, that's Montgomery. He's on the field more than any running back in the league.
2: Yeah, his snap carries in the last two weeks, 85% and 81%. So there you go. All right, Craig, do you have a gut this week? So I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. is going to have the best game of his season so far. Ooh, I like this one. I almost did this one, too. Craig and I, I think, are always on the same page with these.
3: The Colts are weird with their running backs. I mean, they've said before that, like, you know... The running back usage will be like game by game. It depends on their weekly game plan. Well, they're playing the Bengals this week, who give up five and a half, almost five and a half yards per carry to running backs. They gave up they give up one hundred thirty one yards per game to running backs. Um, Jonathan Taylor's only had a hundred yards once, and he's kind of been lucky with touchdowns. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty much how he's kind of survived as a fantasy asset. He only had twelve carries last week, but he ranks fifth among all running backs in red zone touches, and uh, I think especially this week against the Bengals, a game I think they're going to win. I think Jonathan Taylor will will skyrocket.
0: this Yeah, week. and the Bengals just lost DJ Reader, who is this defensive tackle they signed from Houston, right. who is one of their bigger free agents. And he, I, is he out for the year? He's definitely out for this game. So I think he's on IR. Yeah, who knows what that means anymore. Yeah. But he's right. not playing this week. So I think that that's, that's a good... It's not like Cincinnati had a great defense before that. So it, I think that's a good call. Fitz, what do you got? I think Eddie Dalton's going to be a top 10 quarterback this week. I I think this is a good one. I think it's gonna play well. I think that so there's a couple reasons here. And this isn't just about Dalton. I it's more just I am not afraid of the Cowboys. Like I think, or sorry, I'm not afraid of playing the Cowboys. Obviously you're playing Amari Cooper. If you've got CeeDee Lamb, I'm still plugging him in. And even if you got Michael Gallup, I mean, I guess he's been particularly frustrating, so it depends on your options. But I'm not worried about these Cowboys with Andy Dalton the rest of the season, but I'm certainly not worried about him this game for basically a few reasons. The Cardinals defense sucks. Or if it doesn't suck, it will, I think it'll be pretty bad. Chandler Jones, speaking of defenders out for the season, he's their best pass, rush, that's, pass rusher. That's
2: brutal for them.
0: He was close to 100 career sacks, and now it's that's a ways away for him, which is too bad. But yeah, so he's out for the season. So the Cardinals defense, I think, losing your best pass rusher, especially in a team where you really only have one good one, has this cascade effect. Because when you have a full second more in the pocket than usual, or the defense has to cover more than a full second, an extra second, that's a big deal. And it really just makes everyone's job harder, the other 10 guys, especially Patrick Peterson, who's going to probably shadow Amari Cooper. It's just harder for everyone. So that's number one. Two, there's going to be a lot of plays in this game, unless the Cowboys slow down their pace. And obviously, I mean, the most obvious but kind of an invisible thing is you want games where there's going to be a lot of plays, right? Right. So that means teams that snap the ball fast and just, you know, keep going, keep the clock moving. The Cowboys are number one in pace this season in neutral situations and number one in first half pace. The Cardinals are number two in neutral situations. These are the two <laughs> fastest teams. They don't run. Game. So I think the Cowboys have run the most plays. The Cardinals are like sixth overall, but should be a lot of plays in this game. And it's a perfect on paper matchup for just a shootout. Like the Cardinals, the Car- Cowboys defense obviously sucks. We don't need to go to that. So I don't see the Cardinals offense has had some problems, but I don't see any issues with the Cardinals carving up them. I think the Cowboys are going to have, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. It's one of the higher overs of the week. And yeah, I just think Andy Dalton's going to play pretty well. So top 10 for Andy Dalton. Let me ask you a question about
3: Michael Gallup, who (sighs) I think has been a a thorn in people's side, specifically (laughs) me all season. He's had single digit fantasy points in every game but one this year. So let's say you have Michael Gallup as one of your receivers. And then you got, you know, you, you got a guy you got lucky with this year, like a LaVisca Chenault. Like with Andy Dalton, with everything you just said, are you firing up Michael Gallup if you got
0: him? This week. So it always depends on your options. But the annoying thing about Michael Gallup is we all loved him because we're like the Cowboys offense is going to be high flying and Gallup's going to be the number two. And the reality is CeeDee Lamb took the number two job immediately. We were right mm-hmm. about the number two job in the Cowboys. We were wrong about who it would be. I did not anticipate that happening so quickly. But if the Michael Gallup officially became a completely like rider, not ride or die, boom bust, I guess. I hate that phrase, but kind of player when Dak had five hundred two yards or he had two career high passing yards back to back. And Michael Gallup had like, you know, 29 yards in that game. And it's like, all right, well, if Dak throws for 500, Michael Gallup gets 29. He's never going to be safe. I do think it's always possible. You have to always keep an open mind about how the dynamics of an offense could change when a new quarterback comes in. So I wouldn't be shocked if Andy Dalton can hit Michael Gallup this week and maybe, you know, Gallup can overtake C.D. in the pecking order. But until you see it, it's hard to believe. It's like if you believe in the pace of this game and you want a high upside option, you could put Gallup. But obviously, there is no floor for the guy. So that sucks.
2: He's the new He's the new Will Fuller.
3: If you were writing your own Matthew Berry start, sit, or love, hate, like this Michael Gallup, if you had to pick a side of the, of the coin, where is he?
0: I'd play him this week, but that's just because I think that everything we just said of just there's going to be a lot of plays. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense in this game. I'd throw him in. But I also really am ex- probably keeping that to really favorable matchups because he hasn't earned it, quite frankly. Yeah. All right. DK, you got another got call for us?
2: I do. I'm going with LaVisca Chenault goes over 100 scrimmage yards for the, versus Detroit. Mm. It, it's looking like it is Thursday afternoon. It's looking like uh, DJ Chark is going to be out. He injured his ankle late in the game last week. Chenault is actually on the injury report too, so keep this guy kind of in mind over the next couple of days, make sure he's actually playing, but it's looking like he's on pace to play and with Chark out, it, he he could potentially be like the de facto number one in this offense. He's playing more often in the slot. They're using him all over the formation. It's looking like he and Keelan Cole are kind of like going to be the top two guys this week. So I think Ch- Chenault has a really good chance to have like a spike week. Lions are top 10 in points allowed to opposing receivers this year. Chenault's targets the last three weeks, six, six, eight. And he's getting a handful of carries in there. So he's getting pretty good volume. I mean, like, He's second in catches among all rookies right now. So I think, you know, overall, his usage is strong. He's shown that he's actually a really in, like, intriguing, fun, explosive player. I think this has a, a little bit of potential to be a shootout-type game with Detroit versus uh, Jacksonville. So all things together, I really like this matchup. I like, I like Chennault this week with Chark out. This is great for me, DK, because this show, and this is my dream, is that
3: I eventually just want this show to turn into like what should Craig do each week on his fantasy team. <laughs> I have Laviska Chanel, and I'm debating between him and Debo Samuel. So you think LaVisca is the guy? I would, I yeah,
2: play. I would play him over Debo, especially Debo still coming back and, and coming back from that foot injury. Um, I think that offense is far less reliable right now. Does, we don't even know. Do we know who's starting this week for the 49ers? We do not. Yeah, so I would go with Chenault. He, <laughs> That's just I, honestly, We could say that every week. Chenault has been pretty solid in every game this week. Every he's game just that guy
3: that you're always, you're like, hey, he, he's like such a rando that you're always like, oh, I, I can't actually start LaVisca Chenault over Michael Gallup, right? And then
2: maybe you should. <laughs> I mean, in PPR, which is what I always play, I, I've got him in a couple of leagues. He's been double trophy. digits. He's been in double digits with PPR uh, <laughs> in every game except for one this year. So, yeah. Thanks
0: for just skipping over that. I like that I got that little snide I, comment, I got, in you and you, you just get like that, it and you, you got the going. eye
2: roll hyphens. I I'm just, I just didn't want to, did. you know, address it. So
0: it's like you can't. It's like you can't say you can't say my name, or you know what I mean. You can't address <laughs> it, or else like feed the trolls. You can't feed the trolls. Yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much. Oh, one thing I wanted to add to your guys' discussion about Gal. This is just an out. This is like an aside. I saw today from Graham Barfield. C.D. Lamb is on pace for the most yards for a rookie receiver ever. Wow. I mean, this, again, this is like a year. This is a weird year with passing and everything. But still, that's pretty goddamn impressive.
0: Should we call them something other than CD? DVD? What came after CDs? iTunes? MP3. MP3? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, not a, you know. I'm not a scientist. MP3
3: Lamb? MP3 I Lamb. <laughs> I saw someone be like CD Lamb or like CD
0: Goat. 5G Lamb. That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, CD Goat. Oh, that, that's actually much better. You know
3: what I mean? What All I right. I'm saying. I'm up. A- I'm going Juju Smith-Schuster is the best-scoring wide receiver on Pittsburgh this week. I can't Ooh, believe we're at good. the point
0: of the season where that's actually even a thing. Can we talk about just talk about how we even got here? <laughs> <laughs> Juju's the number one guy for Pittsburgh. Well, the Steelers are literally
3: too good at drafting wide receivers that it, <laughs> you, you should just always draft the lowest-ranked guy in fantasy football each year because he'll just be great.
2: It's the new Patriots rule, yeah, like the Patriots' backfield. Yeah, draft the cheapest one.
3: Yeah, so... You know, obviously the Claypool frenzy is has taken a hold of this nation,
2: and <laughs> and Canada. He's from Canada, Craig. He's from.
0: Oh, you're right.
3: So the whole
2: the whole of North America is going crazy for Claypool right now.
0: Well, well, just the, that's the top two in North America. There's like one south of that. <laughs> well, I don't deny that Chase Claypool is fantastic,
3: and I love him. You know, he, he had four touchdowns last week. You know. I don't know. It like I we need to temper our expectations a little bit. I do think you should shell out for him in your free agent auction bid, or your salary cap, you know, things in your leagues. But like this week they're playing the Browns who get shredded by wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, who has actually been the best wide receiver on Pittsburgh this year. He's pretty banged up. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know if he practiced Thursday by the time we're recording, but he's got a back injury and a bunch of other injuries. And um, Juju's still the guy. He's playing the most snaps. He's played more snaps than any Pittsburgh wide receiver this year. And, you know, the way the Steelers use their wide receivers is they're kind of all lined up everywhere. They kind of all play slot outside X, Y, they're doing everything. And Juju is solid and he comes up in big games and he still has the best rapport with Ben, I think. And I think
0: this week I would bet on him to be the best guy. Yeah. Juju had almost 70 yards, but he had two touchdowns against the Giants in week one and hasn't done much since.
3: No, he really hasn't. And it, Against the Browns this week, a division game. I think Ben's going to end up relying on on who he knows the most, especially if Deontay doesn't play. Yeah, I think James Washington's interesting as well.
0: DK, what do you make of just the broader thing of Juju being so good when Antonio Brown was great, and then Antonio Brown leaves, and then Juju? It's like, okay, can he be a number one re- wide receiver? And then how do you just how is he doing with that, DK?
2: I mean, look, if you want to get real, like not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I didn't. He's real. not. He's not. He's not doing very well with it. I should say in terms of like proving that he is the true alpha number one. Um, you know, clearly you're going to benefit from playing alongside one of the greatest receivers of all time, right? In, in terms of Antonio Brown, and defenses were forced to tilt their their defense that way. I think Juju played a lot in the slot, which is going to give you those you know quick hit passes over the middle of the field, all that stuff. Juju was awesome in that role but I do think there are still major question marks in terms of his ability to be like a true number one on in a passing offense. I was, we were, and we talked about this before the season, honestly, like he he was invisible at times last year while the team was going cycling through these terrible quarterbacks. And yet we were really excited about Deontay Johnson, who managed to do pretty well in that same situation. We were excited about James Washington, who, you know, actually caught more balls, I believe, um, from like week eight on or whatever. So, I don't know, man. I still think Juju's extremely talented and what he's done, you can't like dismiss what he's done in his career. But if if I'm answering the question you asked me, which is how has he done proving he's like a true number one, I think the answer is pretty easy. It kind of reminds me
0: of Julio and Calvin Ridley when it's like Julio plays and it's almost the opposite where Julio can disappear at times and then Calvin Ridley is so succeeded. But I feel like Ridley's been better when Julio's out than Juju's ever been. Like when you think about great number twos being promoted to number one when that guy's gone, I feel like Ridley's been significantly better, uh,
3: and you know, like I don't know, we still have time. I I, I think yeah, like twenty three. You know, he's only had he's only had four games with Ben or whatever <laughs> yeah. it's been like like since he's been back, and and now with all of these great receivers, like I don't, it's not like Juju's getting doubled anymore, you know. So we'll see
2: what happens. Yeah, he's twenty three years old. It's the the big picture of your question, I think, is interesting though because right now it's it's I think you know not a foregone conclusion but like a lot of people a lot, a lot of the Steelers beat reporters and stuff think that the Steelers gonna are gonna let, they're going to let yeah. Juju walk and i think the reason is this is the, the big reason is that like he hasn't separated himself as that like true game changing number one when well, they
3: just have an embarrassment of riches like they that just have too. too many good wide receivers
2: who are cheap they have to sign a couple of pass rushers they have an embarrassment they're they're insanely good at at uh, scouting and, and drafting receivers. So yeah, I mean, it, it, all those things put together. I guess that's kind of like, that tells you what you want to know. You're up, Heifetz.
0: First one was Andy Dalton's top 10 quarterback. I think Jared mm-hmm. Goff's top 10 quarterback too this week. Wow. Uh, I just think the Niners are so hurt on defense and it's it, it's still kind of a mental block to be like, target the 49ers. But that's what you should do because their team is so unbelievably injury ravaged. They're playing mm-hmm. practice squad people. It's I mean, I, we all know, you know, Nick Bosa's on IR. He tore his ACL. Oh my God, D. Ford, you know, was on and off with an injury. He's he's just been hurt on and off for like a couple of years now. But the cornerback, I,
2: think I saw I saw this week. I believe this is the stat: the Niners have thirteen players on IR, and the it's Rams absolutely have three.
0: nuts. Yeah, yeah that's it, it's so much of life comes down to availability and showing up. And that's this game to me. It's the Rams, relatively speaking, are pretty healthy. The Niners aren't. Richard Sherman's hurt; he's not going to play for this game. Emmanuel Mosley has a concussion; he may play, he may not. Either way, I don't think he's as of. Today's Thursday. I don't think he's been fully cleared from concussion protocol yet. Quan Williams, who's a, who's a great cornerback, but he has a hip and a knee injury, I believe. So he, don't know if he's going to play. Akella Weatherspoon, he's coming back from a hamstring injury. He's not playing that well. I mean, understandably, because he's hurt. Brian Allen played for this team last week, got his first career start, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was shredding him. And so obviously everyone's like, well, the Dolphins just wrecked the Niners. What's going on with the Niners? What's going on is they're hurt. And so it's so tempting to track the Dolphins because there's two ways to go from this, right? The Dolphins just beat the Niners. Now the Dolphins are playing the Jets. They're going to shred the Jets. That could definitely happen. I'm more, and and that, maybe that's a whole other intelligent thing we should be going down. I'm more thinking, I'm looking at this Rams-Niners game. I'm thinking about Sean McVay watching the tape of a defense that at this point is off the top of my head. What, six of the defenders from that Super Bowl team are now not playing this week? Or is it more? I can't even keep track. Because Dre Greenlaw is back at linebacker, but Quan Alexander has a knee injury. So they're hurt linebacker too. So Jared Goff, top-ten quarterback, and I think by extension, I think all the Rams, you know, obviously our guy Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, you know, Akers and Henderson, to be honest. I just like the Rams mm-hmm. this week to score a lot.
3: Right now, the Rams are only laying three and a half points.
0: I think that's shocking. I, I I don't I don't understand it because to me, it's about the sticker. It's kind of like, I don't know cars well enough. I was going to say a car that is really good, but a Corvette, if you will. Although it's not really it. I don't know. The point is that the Niners are like, oh, yeah, they're Super Bowl. I understand that they just lost to the Dolphins, so maybe people think they suck, but they're just so hurt. And I know everyone knows they got hurt in that Jets game, but they've gotten so many injuries since the Jets game. It's it's No team can really have their four top
2: cornerbacks go out and be okay. So I'm going to do a quick, quick fire. Give me a yes or no. Would you start Akers this week if he's on your team? Yeah, I'd flex
0: him. I mean, it's hard in a vacuum. Yeah. Obviously, it depends on your situation. But yes, yeah, so I, I just think the Rams are going to run down
2: their throat. McVeigh also talked about how they're going to play him a little bit more, give him a little bit more workload. You're starting Henderson, I assume, too, right? Obviously, it always depends on your
0: situation, but I have no problem flexing both because I think this is such an enticing matchup. Yeah. All right. the, the, the odds of getting a touchdown are pretty high.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
2: All right, let's get bold, DK. All right. My bold prediction, and I'm looking at it. It's not as bold as maybe my some of my previous ones, but Michael Hardman, 80 plus, and a touchdown against the Bills. Okay. Sammy Watkins is out with a hammy inj- injury. At least I think he he's, he's on track to not play. Um, hammy Watkins. <laughs> hammy Watkins. Which mm-hmm. I mean, this look, we we talked about this all offseason. Like, if Watkins goes down, he's inevitably going to go down. That really makes Hardman's role exciting. He played in a season high, 69 percent of snaps last week. Uh, part of the game that Watkins missed, um, three targets, two catches, 50 yards. He's had three plus targets actually in four straight games, which, I mean, he, he's he's boomer bust, but he's not maybe as boomer bust as he felt last year. He's still getting you know three three targets a game. I think in this game, if he plays a full like 80, 90 percent of snaps or whatever, which is possible with uh, with Watkins out, maybe he gets four or five, six, and he always tur- he he's got that big play potential. So. um Man, the Bill, and the Bills' defense has looked really human <laughs> lately. Like, we saw them against the Titans on what human. They Tuesday. Yeah, they're just, I mean, well, like, the Bills' they're hurt. defense they're is hurt. supposed to be good, but yeah, they just have not been what we expected. I like it. But to be clear, they have, they've been bad. I mean, the obvious caveat
0: of, like, Tredavious whites out, and they've had a couple other injuries, too, that are really important to their team, but been pretty bad against the run and pretty bad against the pass the Bills have, mm-hmm. at least thus far. So it's kind of like the entire team's just reversed from everything they did last year where it was like the passing offense was fine and then the running was pretty good, the blocking was good, the defense was great and now it's like actually the passing offense of Josh Allen's the only part of that team that's really good <laughs> it's now. Really weird <laughs> flip. Craig, what's your bold?
3: Kirk Cousins and Irv Smith combined for 30 fantasy points.
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the Irv Smith breakout. I like this. Irv Smith,
3: tight end for the Vikings. Played the most he's ever played. Uh this season last week. And he had four catches for 64 yards receiving against the Seahawks, who are a terrible pass defense. But you know who else <laughs> is a terrible pass defense? Is Atlanta, who yeah. just gets shredded every week. Teddy Bridgewater just went over 300 last week against them, specifically with tight ends. The Falcons didn't allow a catch to Ian Thomas last week, the tight end of the Panthers, yet they are still giving up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad they are against yeah, that's tight funny.
2: ends. I like that. That's good.
3: Um, You know, I actually think the Vikings are not as bad as their record suggests watching them. So, do Vikings kind of like the Vikings? And uh, I
2: agree with that, though.
3: I agree with them. You know, what are they, one and four? I think they're much, I think they're a lot better than that. I think they're going to beat the Falcons, and I think
0: Kirk's going to have his best game of the season. So, over 30 fantasy points. First of all, they better beat the Falcons because if they don't, they have an existential crisis. This game of the Falcons versus the Vikings, where it's like Dan Quinn just got fired, is like the ghost of Mike Zimmer's future. Because if the Vikings lose this freaking game and they're one in five, and the Falcons are also one in five, I like it's just they so they better win the game. But are you not at all worried? Like Dan Quinn just got fired, and now Raheem Morris is the coach, and Raheem Morris was like literally their defensive backs coach. Do you think anything could change? No. All right. Thank. Thank God it's so simple. All right. I have a question <laughs> for, re- related no. to
2: related to the Vikings offense. So I, I'm assuming if Irv's on your team, you're starting him this week. You are feeling this? I know it's a bold. Whoa, 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 but... whoa, whoa, whoa! What? We just jumped to starting Irv Smith. Well, Craig, you you tell me.
3: Well, I mean, I, you know, do I think he's going to score double-digit fantasy points? Yes, but if you have Travis Kelsey, maybe you don't start
2: him. I mean, okay. I can, well, that's not somewhere. my that's not my question. That's that's not my question. You let's get back to my question. How do you feel about starting Justin Jefferson this week? Because Irv Smith kind of felt like he, you know, ate into Jefferson's roll a little bit against the Seahawks Jefferson had a really quiet game my question I guess is like can can we have three viable fantasy players in this offense can Thielen Jefferson yeah. and Irv Smith produce
3: well it's it only it's basically you just have to figure out the games where they're going to need to and where there's going to be a lot of points and where they play crappy pass defenses which is Atlanta this week yeah but this but feels no, like one Yeah, probably only two out of the three are usually going to perform I think Justin Jefferson has reached start every week status mm-hmm. yeah I do too.
2: Okay. And obviously, we're not sitting Thielen, so yeah.
3: Also, there's no Dalvin Cook this week. I don't know how much that affects the way they throw the
2: ball, but yeah. DK, how much better is CD Lamb than Justin Jefferson? I mean... If they swap teams, what happens? I think CD Lamb is is a better player. I think he has got a higher ceiling. I think Justin Jefferson's really good, though, too. I mean, what? what how do I answer that question, Danny? Seven. He's seven better. <laughs> All right,
0: good. <laughs> I don't Great. know seven.
2: I think I I would rather have C D Lamb on my dynasty team than Justin Jefferson. Is that You're a way dead run? He's
0: at least seventeen better, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. Like I don't know, but I think they're both really good. I think Jefferson's proven that his numbers last year were not like a fluke. You know, in this offense, this LSU all- offense, which I think some people kind of felt felt that oh he was just in the slot every time, and and these numbers. Some were people, blues, but... I me me, I felt that. Those some people, me. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? I think he's proven that that was not a fluke. He, he's the real deal. All right, Heifetz, what do you got? Bold, bold. My turning my bold. I'm turning my bold to gold, baby. I got.
0: I okay. knit my our preseason bold predictions pod. I already got one. I said Le'Veon Bell would be benched for Frank Gore by Halloween, <laughs> and oh, I'm shit. freaking. I oh, won. I put nice. me on the board. It, I forgot I got, about that. The funniest part is, I think on that pod, I said my only regret with that one will be I should have said it was by yep, Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day, and it happened a day later. So I almost hit it exactly, but I, I somehow think I'm even more right than I said because I, this, I got it right, but the fact he was cut, just saying. So I already feel like I won my bold of the week because I won my bold of the season, but I'm going to double taking, down. I'm going to do another Le'Veon Wait, one. wait,
3: wait. While this is great and all, you're just skirting it and not taking it? No, I'm
0: doubling down. And this might not necessarily hit this week, but my bold for this week is that Le'Veon Bell will sign for a team that plays the Jets this season. And he will have a better game than any game he had for the Jets this year, which is 60 yards and a touchdown. He did not score for the Jets this year. I think he scores against the Jets this season and has at least 60 yards. Okay, that that's kind of an insane bold prediction.
3: Uh, so let's look at who the Jets are playing the rest of the season. They're playing the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, the well, Patriots. There, there, the, to
0: be clear, he said, well, he reported that the teams he's interested in are the Bills- Chiefs and Dolphins those are the next three games he literally is trying to play the Jets <laughs> he's actively trying to sign with the team that will play them
2: yeah. among
3: other teams are the Chargers and the Browns who uh, both have injured starting running backs. so something to keep an eye on
2: yeah and by the way this is Thursday afternoon we still haven't heard who Le'Veon Bell is going to sign with he said the top three teams reportedly are the next three teams the Jets play. <laughs> the Chiefs happen. the Bills the Chiefs the Bills and the what was the third one I forgot I think it's the Dolphins the Dolphins, yes. So anyway, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. So HiFitzer, are you just basically saying we're not gonna know the answer to your to your bold prediction for a while? No, but I'm
0: taking I'm taking a little bit of a lap because I won my bold preseason prediction. <laughs> so I'm like right, Yeah, right. I mean we'll this wow will still it. come we'll back wow today. It. I'm just thrilled. That's what's going on. You
3: know, here. we're gonna do a poll like we do every Friday on the Spotify feed here where you can vote on, on our gut or bold predictions. We obviously can't do the bolds now because hyphens doesn't make any sense. So maybe we'll have to <laughs> Well, maybe a, you
0: guys should have so, won your preseason bolds and you get to do that too.
3: Well, our predictions didn't require something to happen by Halloween. We made full season predictions, so we have to wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe bad, we'll do I'm three guts. Uh,
3: uh, so make
0: sure you check that. They hate yeah. us because they ain't us.
3: Yeah. So uh, yeah, scroll down when you're listening to the, to the pod on Spotify. And if you're lucky, you'll see a poll and you can vote on it. Last week- people voted slightly that that uh, Deshaun Watson would be a top four quarterback more than our other two bets on Marquise Brown and Darius Slayton. And y'all mm. were wrong. So mm. it'll be better next time.
0: Well, aren't you talking <laughs> to yourself? Because you guys both had the same ones. <laughs> well, all of those
3: hit. We did the DK and Craig poll. And uh, honestly, you know, everyone hit. But the one that actually got the least amount of votes was Marquise Brown, and he ended up playing the best. All right, well, speaking of things that hit, million-dollar lineup, because again, we came in first. Did we win the million? Yes, we did.
0: Yeah, we won. We won.
3: <laughs> but the goal is to win a million every week. But the problem is the
0: Bugatti apparently costs $3 million, so I need to win yeah, this we thing like 10 more, <laughs> 10 more times. <laughs> 10 more times, right? <laughs> we splitting b- it. Should we do like a timeshare with the Bugatti where it's like we have one, but we have to like share it and like you guys can get it Labor Day weekend and I'll get it for Thanksgiving. And
3: Yeah, I love that. I want to be a part of Heifetz. I want you to be in those new TikToks where that kid goes around in my LA. way. <laughs> They're like what do you do and you're like dfs <laughs> to be clear though
2: heifetz for for the first time ever you need to actually enter our lineup correctly so let's yes. let's make that a all big right let's goal get to the
0: lineup way. again we're trying to win like out of seven hundred thousand entries. we're trying to make a million dollars a week here
1: the year i turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm i made 49 million dollars which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week <laughs>
3: So last week, we got scorned by DJ Chark and J.K. Dobbins. DJ Chark hurt his ankle, and J.K. Dobbins continues to suck, even though as <laughs> our, on our Wednesday pod, we don't know why they're not playing him. He's great. It's yeah. so
0: selfish of him to hurt his ankle. I can't it's believe like a really
3: good that restaurant that gets no customers. We don't know why, but it's, for some reason it's happening. Yogi Bear it's Barrett, so crowded
0: they don't go there anymore. No one goes there anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It's never been more true. Okay, we got the million-dollar winner again, so we're going go back to go back-to-back, right? Right, we're feeling good this week. Back-to-back, back, baby. We're hitting, a, we're
3: hitting a couple of games hard this week that we think are going to be solid. All right, correct. roll us through. Sure. So our quarterback, we're doing Matt Stafford, and this is a big game. Uh, Detroit's playing Jacksonville. This is a game we want to hit this week. We think it's going to be high-scoring, bad defenses. So we're going Matt Stafford as our quarterback. Our running backs are going to be Mike Davis and David Montgomery, who's part of uh, DK's Gut Calls. Our receivers are Calvin Ridley playing Minnesota, LaVisca Chenault on Jacksonville, and Kenny Galladay, who we're pairing with Matt Stafford. Our tight end is our boy Jonu Smith, who fits hates, but we... I hate him. Two touchdowns last week. Yeah, he's great. absolute tight end sleeper. Touchdowns year. are random. I don't
0: know if you guys have heard.
3: They also win you leagues. Aaron Jones, for example. <laughs> anyway, uh, our so yeah, our tight end is Johnny Smith, and then our flex running back is Jonathan Taylor, who was a part of my gut calls going up against the Bengals. And our defense is a team that just shut down the high flying San Francisco 49ers. We're taking the Dolphins <laughs> against the Jets this week. Easy call against the Adam Gases.
0: You guys don't want either. Hawkinson to keep the stack with the Lions going or my guy Ertz? At a certain point if you stack, I don't
3: like stacking too much because like, how often is it that like everybody on a team goes nuts?
0: More than one in (laughs) (laughs) 700,000.
3: A lot more than that. That's a good point, but Kenny Galladay is, I think, flying under the radar because he didn't start the season well, so when you look at like season-long rankings, he's not in the list, but he's had two touchdowns in the games he's
0: played and well, to be clear, this week. the reason Mike Davis is in this lineup is because he's flying under the radar because Christian McCaffrey costs like $10,000 in FanDuel. Mike Davis is 7500 which makes 0.0, 0 cents because Mike Davis <laughs> is better per game this season than Christian McCaffrey, even right. if you exclude the injury game. So, yeah. you know, just that's a deal. So there we go. I like this lineup. I'm feeling really good about it. So if we, we win this week and then we're one away from the Bugatti, we have to do one more win and we get the Bugatti. Yeah. The
3: Bugatti <laughs> challenge.
0: So can I want it during the summer. Because I feel like yeah, there's no yeah. point in having a Bugatti if I'm on the East Coast and and it's the winter you're not time taking it out like in the snow. I'm, can you drive a Bugatti in the snow? Because I feel like it's no. But why am I paying three million dollars for a car that I can't have in like the snow?
3: That'd be a huge flex if you did drive it in the snow and got it super dirty and like didn't even care about it. You're like, Dude, Whatever. The
0: line in the, the Drake song "Child's Play" when he's like, "You take my, <laughs> you go to CVS in my Bugatti. You go to CVS to buy Kotex in my Bugatti." Is my favorite Drake line of all time.
3: Heifetz mentions a Drake lyric every I three. I know. I was like, gonna say oh, like this. Drake. Like, how many times have you referenced Drake? We've never talked about it, but you must adore Drake. I mean, I yeah, no, I,
0: th- I think he's good. He's good at his job. <laughs> how often do you listen to Drake on a weekly basis? I've been listening. To, well, I, I I I've been listening to a lot a couple of weeks because I was in the car a lot. Hmm. What's your favorite album? Take care, you take care guy. Oh, it, you know, it changes. You know it changes with the seasons. You know, like like you know, like like Drake himself. It sounds like you can't name an album, but all right. It used to be nothing was the same.
2: Okay, there you go. That's I think yeah, Heifetz has opinion. referenced Drake approximately 86 times on this podcast in the last two seasons, and I've gotten zero of those references.
0: <laughs> DK, can we do- <laughs> Well, it started because Kenyon Drake <laughs> was traded and had four touchdowns in October, and I said it, man, in October's very own joke- and then you didn't get it. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll keep it going. But yeah, no, I admit I've listened to a lot of Drake in the last 30 days. I will admit
2: that. Fitz is the anti-pop culture guy who's never seen Wedding Crashers and many <laughs> famous things. I've never listened to it. Well, I I know like maybe two lines from Drake songs ever. I, I was going to ask DK, can you name two Drake songs? <laughs> yes, you can. It's not Please. that hard. This will, I'll wait as oh long as you God. need on this pod. Two Drake songs. You could do it, I think. Who knows the names of songs? (laughs) Don't you just like you listen to songs? Drake has more
0: songs than anyone else. Who's like? Wow, that
3: is a strong take, DK, and I applaud you for it. Who list? Who names songs these days? You should still be able
2: to do two. (laughs) I should be. I don't think I can. Can you do one? (laughs) Can you do one? No. (laughs) What? Oh my,
0: what?
2: <laughs> you can't do one! Not off the top of my head. I mean, I can picture the one that's uh it's the it's the one that Heifetz always sings with there was a certain player. Kiki. 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 What's the Kiki one? <laughs> Kiki. Do you love me that one? Yeah, that one.
0: Does that count? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen to Drake. He's really good, man. All right. <laughs> He's good at his job. Okay. The, the music video and they go to the Nike fa- I'm not
2: going to get into it. Okay. Give me, give me like a few names of the songs. I'm telling you if, if I could recognize them. Hotline Bling, the motto. The one I thought you were going to get is, is oh, yeah. Hotline uh, Bling. That's an obvious one. Yeah,
0: yeah. God's plan. I think was the one that I, I thought you were going to be able to get that one because he says the term God's plan quite a lot. What's it's the okay. Kiki
2: song named?
3: in my feelings i
2: think right in my feelings okay
0: all right that's enough of that enough of drake hold on honey we're going home thank you dk thank you craig thank you drake for making all that music we appreciate you and thank you everyone for listening we'll see you on monday